How to Create a Glitch, the complete series. Chapter 3 Verbal Expressions of Meaning. Now, the expression of meaning occurs predominantly through verbal language. Language also has a number of separate levels of meaning, representing distinct levels of intersection between our minds and others. It must be understood that each of these levels of language represents a modulation of the tension of the four shells of bodily rhythm. Thus, each level of meaning represents a distinct intersection of that tension. This distinct intersection manifests in, again, the frequency and velocity, by which that tension is expressed. As with the spatial transformations described with regards to the plate of the hands, we perform these same transformations within our minds through the four levels of verbal meaning. For example, the holding of two contradictory ideas in the mind at the same time produces tension in the mind, which manifests as tension in the body, which is expressed through the spatial plates. Likewise, the resolution of a conflict between two ideas manifests as a release of that tension which extends into the body and is expressed through the spatial plates as an alteration of the frequency or velocity of an action. The spatial transformations that I described in relation to the plate of the hands represent the creation and release of tension within the mind, manifesting through the emotional tension in the joints and muscles of the hands. The emotional plate is the lowest of higher plates in that it constitutes pure unadulterated emotion. Its vocabulary is as simple as the five senses and the internal emotions that we all know. The emotional plate is the strata through which intersections between expectation fields are formed between the physical plates among people. The content or vocabulary of this plate is crucial to stream of subjective experience. When two people have a common emotional reaction to something, they mirror the expression of that emotion. When two people have a divergent emotional reaction to something, they do not mirror that expression. The archetypal plate is the next lowest of the higher plates. The archetypal forms the controller of the emotional plate in that the archetypal vocabulary and orientation of a person governs their emotional vocabulary and thus the stream of their conscious experience. Archetypal forms are of a limited kind. There are only so many archetypes that possess potentiality for individuals. Think of this vocabulary as the primitive forms of human identity, i.e. the fisherman, the soldier, the dancer, the singer, the joker, the father, the mother, etc. These archetypal forms are thousands of years old and embedded in the DNA of our consciousness. Many are simply the opposing orientation of the other. The symbolic plate is the next lowest of the plates and integrates the archetypal and emotional plates through orientation. It is in this plate that identity archetypes become ideal, or juxtaposed in value judgments cemented by the emotional vocabulary of the person. The final and highest plate is the esoteric plate. The esoteric plate provides the architecture necessary for the plate universes to function. It is the plate which integrates the physical plates and the higher plates into a single cohesive structure. It does this through object-oriented archetypes of a limited vocabulary. Unlike the archetypes of the archetypal plates, which are personal, the archetypes of the esoteric plate possess only limited personality. 
objects such as doors or gates, windows, bridges, pens, shoes, knives, cups or bowls, tables, possess this quality. Though there are many more. If you are curious, the English language is woefully capable of expressing the personal aspect of these esoteric objects which other languages do by adding gender to nouns. Knowing the archetypes of the esoteric plate is part of mastering its knowledge. For each of these objects possesses a key to understanding the architecture of the plate system. Think of two doorways into a room as the only way for two people to meet and form common emotional experience if they come from two different directions. Up until now, we have been discussing intersections between two expectation fields as if there is only one way they can interact. But now, I'd like to elaborate that interaction. There are in fact two ways that two expectation fields can interact. First, if they are the same expectation, they can resonate. Second, if they are of divergent expectation, they will be discordant. Now, life fundamentally abhors discordance, which means that the discordance will have to be resolved somehow. But first, I'd like to elaborate the discordance a bit. When two expectation fields interact and there is discordance, this manifests as tension within the common expectation field just as holding contrary ideas within the mind at the same time manifests in the body as tension. That tension must be eliminated somehow before it produces what is ultimately a glitch. The time it takes for that discordance to be eliminated is called the substitution time. If that discordance is not eliminated before it produces a glitch, then the time it takes for the common expectation field to correct, the glitch is the correction time. A correction time manifests as an altered state of higher than normal social tension. Thus, we can say, that all bodily tension and tension created by discordance within the common expectation field can be measured by the concept of the substitution time. The time it takes for the group emotional tension to return to baseline is the substitution time. The manner by which it goes from the peak to the baseline is through what are called postural releases. Postural releases are movements of posture which represent one person giving in to the expectation field of another. Thus, a postural release is any movement which transitions the individual from a discordant posture or expression to a consonant one, mirroring. Mirroring within the social grouping will degenerate as the group emotional tension increases and will resolve once the emotional tension reaches baseline. Now, identifying these postural releases within a social setting provides one an opportunity to increase the likelihood of creating a glitch. As these postural releases are necessary to eliminate the discordance between two expectation fields, the elimination of the postural release, or its delay, should elongate the substitution time and therefore increase the likelihood of a correction. Using the methods described above under the headings postural exercises and social exercises, has the effect of altering the normal dialogue of a social exchange, thereby dislodging these postural releases in time. The elimination of postural releases can preserve a higher state of emotional tension in the group, but so too can holding two contradictory ideas in the mind. There are a variety of ways this can be done. First, it can be done in relation to an emotional state or attachment. Second, it can be done in relation to an object. For example, 
If our two actors are participating in a conversation and one of the actors, within their own mind, conceives of two contradictory feelings about something the other person has said or done, this would produce a discordance between their corresponding expectation fields. Likewise, the second actor might alter his or her orientation to some object to produce discordance. For example, if the first actor offers the second actor some item of food, the second actor can refuse, if the expectation is she will accept. Finally, the second actor may possess a contradictory feeling about the other actor themselves, love and hate, fear and attraction. The method of creating a glitch through the mind is a form of mental gymnastics. Recognition that the transformations that we make with our hands are the self-same transformations we make within our minds relative to ideas, feelings, allows one to exercise the mind in such a way that it becomes easier to produce such discordance. There is no easy way to practice this form of glitching. But, the below exercise will enhance one's ability to think discordantly. In this exercise, you will try to increase the number of contradictions in your mind. Think about a subject that you find your mind extremely divided in, for example politics, or religion, or spirituality, etc. Think about the contradictory impulses that you have in one of these subjects. Let's say you find yourself conflicted about the religion that you believe in. Whatever it is, the more contentious the better. Focus on these thoughts, then find some medium like the internet and read about them. Try to heighten the division in your mind. So, if you are feeling sympathetic to one political faction, immerse yourself in the other. As you do so, you should find the contradictory impulses becoming more pronounced.